Welcome to the GOAT District. I'm Theo Greminger. I'm joined by fellow GOATs Dan Williamson and Andrew Schellenberg. Um, and we have a special uh, one tonight. You know, the, in previous years before we got on Player Profiler, we would do high-stakes roundtables. And these were really a great opportunity to hear from some of the very best players in the entire country, uh, some of the most successful drafters around from the NFFC, from the FFPC. Uh, we had some very, very high-level FFWC drafters. We've had them all. Uh, and two of the best ones, uh, in my opinion, are Chris Vaccaro and Billy Wazowski. Uh, They're both in the NFFC Hall of Fame. Uh, Chris Vaccaro is a former NFFC primetime overall winner. Billy Wazowski has won the Rotowire Online Championship. Uh, these guys are great. They've been on the GOAT District um, multiple times. They're honorary GOATs. Uh, Billy also dropped an excellent article on Player Profiler for our expert series. Highly recommend that one. Uh, and we had another uh, writer, we had Andrew Schellenberg, uh, who also wrote a tremendous piece, and he's dropping a main event one. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, Chris, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you guys. Always, always. And and Billy, uh, you're drafting every night. How are you getting ready? I mean, we're in New York in like three weeks. Yeah, like Chris said, I'm, it's, it's just great to be here with you guys. Um, it's gonna be, this is going to be a lot of fun. This will be a lot of fun. And Dan and I are booked our uh, uh, an NFFC Super that we're doing together. And Dan has convinced me to do uh, an FFPC Super Bracket two hours before. So I'm going to be sitting in the draft room in Vegas on my computer for two hours before we draft. I mean, it's it's awesome. This is this is why we do it, guys. Um, Andrew, are you drafting this week? Yeah, I've got a, I got a slow main going on. I'm up in two picks, but the way this has been going, it'll be... Not till tomorrow mid afternoon by the time I'm picking there. But, uh, I'm in a I'm in a slow main. I'm in a slow main right now. It's it's crazy. Okay. And uh, Dan Dan, how are you doing tonight, my man? I, I'm doing great. I'm in a ton of slow drafts, no mains yet. Uh, those will be starting up in a couple weeks for me. But uh, I I've got just like a bunch of 250 uh, best balls going, a bunch of the the 125 best ball uh, tourneys going. Uh, Plenty of uh, underdog, all that stuff. So it's a little bit of everything everywhere, mostly in best ball uh, streets right now, but we'll be switching over to the managed streets soon. I'm in like the underdog lifestyle right now. It's like I wake up, I put in a bunch of picks. I go to sleep, I put in a bunch of picks. Maybe you wake <laughs> up a little early, you don't want to time out. It's it's crazy. It's, uh, it's but They're you know addicting. what? We're, 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 They're we're, addicting, Theo. It's yes. a lot of fun, right? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I got yeah. my pit bulls going. Now I'm into the pit bull. We uh we got the little seventy five dollar one. I'm I think I might max that. It's a ten. It's a ten uh a ten entry max, and it's the pit bull. So it sounds cool and and it's a good time. But we're gonna get after it. Stick with us. We'll bring back in one minute. Uh, we're gonna help you win some money this season. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex, then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So welcome back to the GOAT District. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, who's one guy that you're really having trouble with that, like, if there was any player in football right now that you could know their final stats for the season, who would it be? The guy that's given you maybe the most trouble or maybe a guy that's going to unlock other teammates? Uh, for me, I've always said Deshaun Watson. And Chris, Chris got this question a couple weeks back, but I think it's a good one. Maybe the guy that you see with the biggest range of outcomes. What's on your mind when I ask you that question? Yeah, the first one that comes to my mind is Brees Hall. 
Um, I would just love to know, you know, what kind of stats he finishes with because that probably tells me a little bit about how many games he plays, how effective he is, um, how that offense is running in general. So I think a lot of questions get answered there, and I think he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, is a, is a potential smash player. So if you can get him right, uh, it could be worth a lot, a lot of money. How about you, Billy? Uh, mine is Calvin Ridley. Uh, 2000, he, he was my, you know, I was his biggest fan in 2021 and he, you know, I remember, I remember you had loads of really Ridley. <laughs> he, uh, he, he sunk a lot of my teams that year, but you know, moving to Jacksonville now, there's a lot of talk, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed there now. And, uh, you know, is he going to be a 260 point receiver? Or is he going to be a 220 point receiver? Now he's being drafted. Like he's going to be like a 280 point receiver lately. Cause people are just taking him in the beginning of the third round, like consistently, like right after Higgins, boom. I mean, he's, he's like automatic anymore, but that's the one guy that I just can't, I, I just don't know how they're going to utilize him in the offense. But so you could tell me what he's going to do. I, yeah, that'd be great. A lot of us would like to know the Calvin Ridley one. And I think that's a great answer, Billy, because it kind of unlocks. Does it mean Trevor Lawrence goes right. nuclear? Does it mean Christian Kirk suffers a little bit? Uh, Andrew, how about you? Who's the guy that that's kind of your big range of outcomes guy? My pander to Theo pick is Geno Smith. Uh, interested if he could support uh, what what he can support in that offense. Uh, whether that's J- I guess the question is whether you know that would prove that J- JSN was uh, with nuclear as well. But I like Geno Smith. The other one I had, and hopefully I'm not stealing it. It's in my no lessons learned from 2022 bucket. But that's Kyle Pitts. I'd absolutely love to know uh, if Kyle Pitts is a smash pick uh, in that fourth fifth round, uh, or if uh, if he should have been a stay away for me. How about you, Chris? Um, anybody jump into mind tonight? Yeah, I know uh, a couple weeks ago, Theo, on the show, I said Tyler Lockett. So, uh, you know, it, it's similar uh, to the Geno, you know, to get a little peek in that Seattle offense. But I'll go with George Kittle, actually, for the same reason. Because if I know George Kittle's end of the uh, year stats here, I know whether or not I can uh, add or, or fade him in that Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller range uh, of tight end. But more importantly, uh, you know, am I in on two big receivers, Debo at the end of the third round when those wide receivers, uh, that wide receiver range uh, starts getting a little murky? Can I can I include him in that Calvin Ridley range uh, mid to late third, as well as Ayuk uh, in the fifth there? Is Ayuk going to perform? If there's no Kittle there and Kittle uh, craps the bed, I would I would move Ayuk up a full round and Debo up a full round. I love the answers, guys. I think these are really, really good process. For me, it's Deshaun Watson just because we're, we're seeing Browns kind of get pushed up. And also Deshaun's in like that quarterback nine range where if he's going to return back to like top three type quarterback production, then waiting on QB and just taking Deshaun is the answer this year. Or Can is I he going to play quick... like he did last year? Yeah, Billy, go ahead. Sorry, I want to ask a quick question because I just had this conversation. And I made a bet on it. Just off the top of your head, how many touchdown passes for Deshaun Watson this year? It's a, it's a wide range, and you also have the Nick Chubb on the ground stealing those touchdowns. I think the Browns are going to score points, though. Right. Passing so touchdowns, just passing. I have under 30 and a half. Ooh. I would have said 30. I was going to throw I had 30. 30 yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think a bull case is 35. I think sure. like everybody would walk away with 35 and be super excited. Um, but I don't see him going like – like 35 is like Joe Burrow the last yeah. two seasons. So it, you'd return value at ADP. Um, nobody wants to see him throw 28 touchdown passes, Billy. So I know that don't put I... that out there. Okay. Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Billy. Who's the guy that when you entered the draft process, you were more enthusiastic about taking than today. And who's the guy that you were, you are uh, on the flip side, you're less enthusiastic to take him today than you were when we first started like a guy that you've kind of maybe faded off of and a guy that you kind of grown into wanting um my fade's pretty easy right now and he's a lot of people's fades it's jk dobbins yeah i just can't get on board with that right now with the way things are going with him and his contract and everything else so um i've kind of been off of him i'll take him in the late mid to late seventh if he falls sometimes but other than that i'm off with jk dobbins for those reasons um my guy that i have changed a little bit on is and i normally I like the guy, but he's just – he's always banged up. But the offense, and they're talking about how great he's doing, is Mike Williams. I, I'm try, I'm slowly moving him up my board. Um, you know, I think he's he's in range in that late fourth now 
where he was more of like a mid to late fifth. Uh, he's starting to climb up my board a little bit. It's funny. He dropped to like wide receiver 30-ish yes. um, in those OCs, and now you're starting to see him go like wide receiver 24 to 27 yeah. range. People are kind of like, okay, fine, we're back on Mike Williams, and, and people love stacking him with Herbert. Love your answer on Dobbins. That's definitely mine. I was I looked at you know, Andrew and I had this conversation, um, you know, months back about how like you felt super dangerous drafting J.K. Dobbins in a good way. Like he's the the cheat code in the fifth, and now I don't want any part of him in the sixth. So things change. How about you, Chris, for this one? Well, a guy that I would I thought coming into this draft season I'd be totally out on, um, but now uh, the more I read about it, the more I hear uh, the camp whispers and everything like that. Uh, Gabe Davis, believe it or not, guys, uh, a lot of people got burned by him last year. But when you start hearing, you know, stories about he, you know, he fought through the whole season with a high ankle sprain. He caught it in the in week three, played through it for like the next eight weeks. And even when you look at his numbers at the end of the season, they weren't that bad. So, you know, if if you could paint a picture here of, you know, him toughing it out for the season, you get him attached to Josh Allen in this offense and uh, for the price he's going, you know, he was going in, you know, in the nineties on the draft board. Now he's starting to move up to the eighties and now seventies. So I guess a lot of people are starting to to think along those lines as well. But Gabe Davis is something I'm back in on. If I could clip him as my wide receiver for flex play in that seventh, early eighth round, that's something uh, that that I'm uh, interested in now. Flip side of that, guy I thought I might be interested in uh, in that end of third round coming into the year on the board is Amari Cooper. And uh, now with other wide receivers that I like in that range more than him and just seeing how Elijah Moore is shining at camp and all the weapons that they have in Cleveland now with Njoku and, and uh, maybe this kid Tillman's going to be something special his rookie year and, uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I don't know if there's too many mouths to feed, for Amari Cooper to, to Cooper to to give back third round value when you look at the other receivers that are there surrounding him on the draft board. Andrew Schellenberg asked me about Amari Cooper the other day, Dan, and I thought he might be at gunpoint or kidnapped because <laughs> yeah. it was completely off brand. It was it was depressing phone call that I made with Theo yesterday about <laughs> Cooper. Well, he he slid to the end of the fourth. They're hating him. I was like, should, should I just do it? And the thing is, is you know who I'm going to blame? And it's his birthday today, so I kind of feel bad. And this is like plays with only two people in the audience. It, it's hungover as fuck's birthday. So he he and I are co-owning the team, and he suggested him. And I was like, I don't know. I got to call my boy Theo on this one. So anyways. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you I'm glad you went with the, the, the higher upside, less boring yeah. selection. Yeah. How about you, Dan? Or who's your, who's your, uh, your fade? your current fade that maybe you were in before. And yeah, uh, the guy I, I, I think the guy that I'm going to eat the early season L's on is probably going to be Jamison Williams. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's been kind of a steady drumbeat of negative news. Uh, everything in camp, uh, you know, the, the suspension, everything else. It's just, it's, it's hard to find really good things about him. He's dropping down draft boards like a stone. Uh, yet I, I kind of feel like, you know, I've, I've already got so many shares of them. I don't really want to buy back in, even at the dropping price. So, you know, you, that's, it's, it's kind of a bad place to be. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to feel that way about any kind of player, but, um, he's somebody that I'm definitely, uh, down and out on right now. And, uh, as, as for a guy, I, I could make the bull case for J.K. Dobbins because honestly, I've been drafting a ton of him as he's been dropping because here's a guy that needs you know, to absolutely have a great season to be able to cash in next year. And so I think there's absolutely zero chance he's going to hold out during the season. I think he's going to play, play hard. Uh, you know, you don't want to see him miss too much more training camp. But for right now, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the fear and loathing there. But um, the, the other guy I would say is Sky Moore. Um, yeah. Just wish I'd had some more of him early in the season. And, uh, you know, the way things have been kind of shaping out, you know, we've been getting that steady positive drumbeat. And, you know, that's what I like to see. Guy attached to Patrick Mahomes, you know, what's not to like there. And the price is still uh, very, very palatable. Yeah, I think those are those are really good answers. Um, how about you, Andrew? Anybody you've kind of warmed to drafting? Can, can I answer your question with a trivial pursuit question? Of course. Do, do you know who invaded Spain in the 8th century? The Moose! <laughs> <laughs> you're Dan. Yes, thank you. 
Seinfeld, Seinfeld joke. Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the Moors. I can't. I, I'm all I'm all in on the the Moors, the DJ, the sky. I wasn't aware that there was going to be geographic trivia. I don't know if I'm into this. I'm oh, into my specialty. Uh, so. <laughs> the the problem is it's a Seinfeld joke. Anyways, I'm I'm back in on the on the Moors. All, all of them except for uh for Rondale. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Dan on Sky. Um, I like Elijah. He's climbing up, but I think everyone's like, and I think you know D- DJ Moore. I think he's great value in the fifth round. I think he's an auto click uh, again for me when uh, when he when he gets there. Um, in terms of player that I'm out on, it's I, I guess I guess these running backs here um, in that fourth fifth round. Um, but I, I, I guess I wouldn't like them anyway. So so who cares about that? Theo, back to you. Uh, yeah, Andrew's not a big fan of too many too many running backs in general. Um, maybe you know, little Bijan Robinson in the first round we get behind. But yeah. uh, Billy, what's a player that you wish you had more of that you've been drafting a while, and you look at your portfolio and say, "Man, I wish I had more of this guy." Um, I don't know if it's more or more. I, I wish I had more Brees Hall than I do, just because I, you know you want to be attached. That is a guy we all I think we all agree if you know he becomes healthy in like week eight or nine he's a guy definitely do a getting championship for you and you know the problem i think i with all these guys is when you're drafting for so long you see they all have a value they're like a stock and then you see people getting them like in the fifth sometimes sixth round like Brees hall and then you're in the fourth and you might want to take them but you're like well somebody already has them in the sixth yeah it's it's this it's a common thing every night for me so um Brees is definitely a guy i would like to have a little bit more of for sure um Receiver wise, I think a little more Jerry Judy wouldn't hurt. I have a little bit, but I'd like a little bit more just because I think that's uh, like Chris was alluding to when you're getting into that zone with Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Keenan Allen, all that. Uh, I need a little bit more Judy. He seems to always go ahead of me. Chris, how about you? And Chris, a quick question in the chat in or out on Cortland Sutton at ADP? Oh, you know what, man, they're really banging the drum for Cortland Sutton again this past uh, week or two, huh? He looks, you know, yeah. he lost some weight. He, you know, on and on and on. So they're banging the drum. Uh, I think that's still going to be a, a pass for me. There's a couple other receivers in that range that I'd rather take a shot on um, than, than Sutton. But, uh, Theo, to answer your question, uh, I was looking at my portfolio yesterday, and the, I was shocked. I, I thought I had more Tony Pollard, uh, and I don't. And uh, that's definitely one guy that I said to myself, wow, in the next couple of weeks I'd like to try and get him. He just He's just one of those players that, I mean, I'm in on him. But every draft I'm in, he either goes middle of the second if I'm in the beginning of the first round or, you know, you never see him when, uh, you know, he goes early third round uh, in some of these drafts. He makes it to 25, 26. Uh, I'd like to get some Tony Pollard. I think he's the last elite uh, fantasy running back on the board right now in that range of the, the, you know, the first 30 overall guys. So Tony Pollard for me. For me, it's Justin Fields. I like him. I think he's got a, like elite upside where he's being selected, but I, for whatever reason, I look over my teams and I really don't have a whole lot. I have a ton of them in best ball, but not in redraft. And, and I wish I had a little bit more. How about you, Dan? Yeah, it's uh, actually, it's been a little bit hard to find guys. I wish I had a little bit more of, it's been easier sometimes to find the guys I wish I had a little bit less of, but um, I, I would throw Joe Mixon out there. I wish I had some more of him at, at uh, the cheaper price he was going at earlier in the offseason. You know, I was grabbing some shares, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm really just basically about even weight on Mixon right now. And, and I still think he's going at a discount. So, you know, I've been working to kind of slowly rectify that. But, um, yeah, again, in, in, in these best ball contests, it's, it's hard to look at those earlier or those late, late shares that other people got, you know, and you're, you're looking at buying them a couple rounds earlier. So a uh, little bit tough to pull the trigger on him, and I wish I had done it more earlier. How about you, Andrew? I'll give you a weird one, an off-brand one for me, Nick Chubb. I, uh, but he's such a tough click when I see all those other wide receivers in the back end of that first round, early second. But I really do think that he could really pay dividends and, quite frankly, could be RB1 overall. Um, if he stays healthy, I know he doesn't have the receiving upside, but I think he could actually smash with, uh, with yards and touchdowns this year. So I, I, I'm all in on Nick Chubb. I just haven't been pulling the trigger because who's around him. That's, you know, Andrew, you're, you're getting more and more mature 
you know, you're talking about older wide receivers and now Nick, Nick Chubb structural drafting. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the quarterback position and the way we're hitting it in drafts, guys. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues... All types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember, use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. Welcome back to the GOAT District. Uh, so, guys, just to clarify for our audience, we have a lot of people who are tuning in who play FFPC. FFPC, you're talking about four-point passing touchdowns. The NFFC, where Chris and Billy play predominantly, and Dan and I play a lot of, um, it's six-point passing touchdowns. The ADPs are slightly different. So, for example, in a $350 FFPC contest right now, Patrick Mahomes goes off the board right around, like, pick 23, pick 24. But in the NFFC, Patrick Mahomes is going off the board at 14, 15. That sounds about right in these 350s recently, Billy. Yeah. So it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more ADP uh, cost that you've got to put in to get an elite quarterback, just to preface that. So right now, guys, are you spreading out your quarterback exposure? And if you're going to look at most of your teams, is there a quarterback that you, at this point in draft season, have more of? Uh, and let's, you know, let's focus this on redraft. Best ball, I think we're probably a little bit more spread out in general. But on your redraft teams right now, Chris, is there a specific signal caller that you see more often than not? Or are you pretty spread out? Uh, I'm pretty spread out, but uh, I, you know, I've been letting in online championship season. I'm just letting the board come to me. I'm not chasing quarterback. I'm not moving them up. Uh, it seems, you know, I, I have a, a bunch of uh, sixth round Trevor Lawrence shares, uh, late fifth round, early sixth round Justin Field shares as well. Any of these elite eight quarterbacks, I love them all. It's crazy. Um, you know, this season you look at, you know. Every year, you're like, all right, I'm in, I'm in on these couple guys in the in the in the rankings at the top, out on these guys. This year, I see it differently. I like everybody all the way up until Deshaun Watson, who I feel should be included in the uh, elite eight guys. But you get a two round discount on Deshaun Watson in NFFC drafts. His uh, ADP right now over the last week is 77th overall. So I always know in the back of my head, hey, if I'm not gonna completely pass on quarterback and punt it to uh, put in a collection of guys after the 10th round. Well, I know, all right, I can always move up Watson to the sixth round. So, um, you know, Lawrence, uh, Fields, and my, I think four out of my last five drafts, I've gotten Burrow in the fourth round uh, in the past 10 days because everyone's running scared from him. So Burrow's catching up on uh, my uh, ownership uh, as well. So I'd say that middle tier right now of Burrow, uh, Lawrence Fields and my three highest owned quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I've kind of been all over the place. Um, but I've, when the, when like the mid tier quarterbacks present themselves and like the, of the high end guys, like I have a good amount of Herbert, a good amount of Burrow, uh, and a good amount of Lamar Jackson. Again, I wish I had more Justin Fields, who's kind of right, right after those guys. I just don't have the Hurts. Mahomes uh Allen exposure I have a little bit of Josh Allen because once in a while he falls but I haven't really pulled the trigger and it's not because I don't like those guys it's just somebody in my league usually likes them more and then I've also gone with the weight on quarterback where I've gotten Dak Prescott um I drafted with Andrew we ended up with a Daniel Jones Geno Smith build that I thought was pretty good so I've been kind of fluid with the quarterbacks this year um and I think like Chris 
Theo, real quick, it, you know, the Hurts Allen Mahomes discussion in the middle of the second round. I mean, even Mahomes uh, and Hurts, you saw them going in that 10 to 15 round in NFC drafts in June and July. Now they're all starting to slide back a little bit to where they're all second rounders and sometimes early third rounders. But are you passing on those three guys because you're trying to get that second elite um, player in that second round of at the wide receiver or running back position? Do you, you feel it's more valuable this year to start off your draft with two monsters, whether it's a receiver-receiver or, you know, any combination of receiver-running back, and that's why you're fading the uh, the three elite quarterbacks? I think that's, a you know, a big topic for players right now is what to do when you're facing those three quarterbacks in the second round. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I see that the wide receiver position dries up for the really elite guys, and I think that that – that's a fact. I mean, I think once we get past like the second round, you're mm-hmm. talking about losing volume. Billy brings up guys like Ridley, like people are hopeful that they're going to get those targets. Like the true monsters are gone. And in the NFFC, it's even more so. Um, but FFPC, like Alave doesn't go in the third anymore. If you see him in the third, it's a, it's a, like a, it's a, not a common draft. So I do think you do lose a lot of value. And I also think we look at historically where, the QB one overall is not usually drafted as QB one overall. It's not like when's the last time that happened where one goes one Allen almost had it last year, but it, uh, I think there's value with those big three, but I just, again, push comes to shove. I'm going for the elite running back or elite wide receiver more often than not. Um, and then I'm happy to take those almost elite guys. How about you, Dan, where are you at right now with quarterback drafting? Yeah. So I haven't done as much uh, on the NFFC um, so I think on the FFPC, it kind of sets up a little bit nicer to draft the elite quarterbacks because most of your your really heavy hitters at wide receiver are off by the time you get to the end of the second round into the third round where the elite quarterbacks are going in FFPC. So uh, for me, I've got I've got almost 18% Mahomes. I've got uh, what do I got? 12% on Hertz. Uh, I'm less on Allen. I've been kind of drafting Mahomes and Hertz at the expense of Allen. So that's. That's why those those numbers are both boosted. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem getting them right there. But I think uh, I, you're exactly right on the NFFC. I've been looking at some of those drafts. And I'm like, you know, there's there's some tough decisions to be made here. And um, you know, I'd probably be more likely to drop down and try to pick up value. You know, with uh, guys who I think might uh, you know do well later. You know, like uh, Anthony Richardson has has been looking like a pretty decent value lately. And um, I've been pretty heavy on Russell Wilson, for better or for worse. So, you know, guys like that, they're going to be available later and then just kind of do a double tap on them uh, rather than a single tap. How about you, Billy? Um, when you look at your builds, where, who are you ending up with a lot of? Um, I'm pretty much like in the same range as Chris because it comes down to the decision in that second round. Like you were saying, it all depends who's there. Like the other night I had a choice. I was at four and – it was between Alave and Josh Allen. And I took Alave because I said, okay, but, you know, I ended up getting Trevor Lawrence in the sixth. So it's like, I think that's, the, I think that worked out well. Um, but a lot of my drafts, I'm skipping that early quarterback in the second round, uh, which may be a mistake. And, but I'm skipping that second quarterback or in this quarterback in the second round for the fourth round. Pretty much like Chris was saying, the fourth round right now, you're going to almost be guaranteed, especially if you're in the front half. You're almost guaranteed a Herbert's Jackson or Burrow at this point. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You can put three monsters in front of them. But that third round's tricky. Like, that third round – third round is always, like, the taboo round every single year in fantasy football. Like, there's so many busts in that round that just don't produce. Um, so, this year, you know, I don't know what to do with that round. It's tough because those receivers, they're not all going to be good. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, – I think what you were saying too um, about the quarterbacks, you're saying about you don't see the number one. I think the thing is though with Hurts, Mahomes, and Allen, I don't see any of them falling below five yeah. or an injury. I think they're all going to be very good quarterbacks. I mean, they're yeah. almost bust proof guys. They really are. They're guys that were, you know, they're going to produce. And, you know, Herbert Jackson and, and Burrow should all be solid too. But like you said, then you got Fields and Lawrence. It's pretty deep this year as far as, you know, we could easily see Fields and Lawrence as top three guys if all things worked out. so, But most of my guys are in that fourth round range. Uh, probably more, a little bit more Herbert and Jackson, a little less Burrow, but that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Andrew, Andrew well, you did a yeah. – I, I only have one NFFC. I think it's next week or the week after. It's the silver bullet. Um, 
is can you get good quarterback value in that fifth sixth round because i i think and maybe it's this is billy chris question because like I, I see it as both a wide receiver and running back dead zone so maybe billy this is what you're getting you know, you're getting at so to, to educate me quickly and what i'm stepping into the next couple of weeks like can i can i get a, a good quarterback in that four through six range it seems like seems like yeah burrow lamar jackson's still there in that uh, early fourth. Burrow's going to move up, I think, uh, yeah. in, in the next couple yeah. weeks. I think everybody's getting the discount on Burrow right now, late fourth. He's never going to – you're never going to see Burrow in the fifth. You're going to start to see him move back to the early fourth, late third right. in another week or two. So it's discount season right now on Burrow. But uh, to answer your question, sixth round, you're, you're just at the, the point of clipping Lawrence or Fields. But it's a 50-50 proposition okay. in any okay. draft. And then otherwise you have to pull up Watson, like you like Billy was saying, maybe? Say that again. Otherwise you have to pull up Watson. Otherwise you could get seventh round Watson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in that if you're in the beginning at the NFFC, remember because of reverses, if you're yep. in, you have like a top four pick, you know, a lot of times Fields and Lawrence don't make it to the end of fifth. They just cause people mm-hmm. look at the receivers and running backs, just like you said, it's a dead yeah. zone and they're like, just take my quarterback. It makes sense here. So because I can get the same guy the next in the on the flip. So um yeah. I think if you really want a quarterback, if you really feel good about like a Lawrence, Herbert, or Burrow, take them in the fourth to be guaranteed what you want. Got it. So, guys, Chris brings up Joe Burrow moving up in ADP. Who is going to be our August riser? The guy that is going to be going a lot higher um, when we draft in in Vegas and New York City uh, than today. And there could be a number. Any position. Dan, we can start with with you on this. And feel free to give to – Two guys you see as as getting the big old momentum, um, or keep it at one. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I I think we're probably going to be looking at um, like I want to say Justin Herbert as well as Joe Burrow are probably is probably going to end up going quite a bit higher at the quarter quarterback position. Um, Alexander Madison might get steamed up at running back. Um, that's somebody that if, you know, if, if he continues to just not really have that much competition for the job, uh, you know, people are going to look at that Vikings offense and they're just going to say, Hey, I'll take, I'll take all those touches. And, you know, even if he's not the greatest running back in the world, he'll still do something with them. Chris. Uh, I'm shocked it hasn't happened in this past week already, but Javante Williams, he's going to wind up being on the rise here. If he shows us anything in the preseason here, uh, which I think he's scheduled to play in the second week, um, you know, it's weird. It's weird to me how we're all still loving Brees Hall, most fantasy analysts. They're still in on the fourth round Brees Hall. A lot of people banging the table for third round Brees Hall and, and how he's a league winner, but yet, he hasn't hit the field yet, other than rate, running in a straight line. Javante Williams seems to be way ahead of him and is on the practice field day in and day out, and he's still sitting in the seventh round in drafts on a nightly basis here. So uh, Javante Williams, he's going he's gonna to start skyrocketing up. I think uh, by the time September comes, if he shows us anything, he might be in the uh, late fourth fifth round and uh you know one other we've already saw it uh, we've already seen it the last couple uh the last week but jameer gibbs is going to find himself in the second round of every draft come september he, he might be in the first round of drafts he after might. that chiefs game Bingo. he has about nine or ten catches uh, yeah, that's and, it, that's, and that's the other thing there i was actually talking to a friend today he was like are we gonna see like late second round gibbs in a couple weeks and i'm like well you know what after the thursday nighter if he drops 27 points on him, you might see him at the turn in the first, second round. Who knows? The, the hype is out of control right now for Gibbs and uh, Ridley at the wide receiver position. I was sitting next to Billy at a NFFC draft two seasons ago when we saw Mark Cooper go five overall after that Tampa Bay-Dallas game. So you got to love the the it's drafter amazing. who, who it, yeah. it's, it's wild. It's, it's amazing both, what yeah. that one Thursday night game does to the draft board. It's like, you know what? I just did months and months of prep on the draft board. And then because of one game, I got to flip my whole mind for the Friday and Saturday drafts because of what we saw for one game. It's crazy. Kelsey goes eight for 130 and two touchdowns that game. He's going to start going first and second overall the next day. A hundred percent. I think that game could be a lot of points. I, I, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a very high total game. I, so I hope Gibbs has a hell of a game. 
I, I hope he Dan, just absolutely smashes. <laughs> there you go, Dan. There you go, Dan. I'm, I'm already fading him in the third. I'll have yeah. no problem fading him in the at the turn of the first second. Dan, let me go back to you though. At what point do you start drafting Javante, if at all? Is, is it? I mean, if I'm seeing him playing in preseason games, yeah. that's telling me something. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still worried about the Saquon effect. You know, from a couple of years ago, where you know. He, he can he can be handling training camp and he can, can be getting in there and you know taking carries and all that and number one he's just not really himself or number two he starts getting compensatory injuries so yeah, yeah. I'm still very very leery about him uh, you know you, you can you can tell me that uh, that's because you know I'm just you know I'm going down with the ship of my own advice uh, and maybe that's true but on the other hand I've just you know I've seen too many injured running backs. Too many times where it's just I, I don't have a great feeling about it. Yep. Now you yeah, got and, I good to read on it. That's why I asked the question. And FFPC drafters don't listen to Chris on this one. There's no point in you taking Javante Williams in main events because I got a Javante Williams at like the seven eight turn uh, in a main event. So you're not gonna you're not gonna beat my Javante on that one, guys. So I'll I'll echo Chris. I'll go with another running back. They're already starting to see steam up. And I think if the Damian Harris injury is anything, James Cook oh. is going to be like RB20 yeah. by the time we draft in Vegas. Like, I think that's people are already steaming up. He's already making big plays in practice. He's yeah. the kind of guy that we want to like because he's a, a back who can catch the ball. He's got the unknown upside. Um, James Cook, that's the answer. Can, can somebody answer me a very stupid question? Yes. Uh, what does Jameer Gibbs offer that James Cook doesn't? Come on, Dan, with the James Jameer Gibbs hatred here. <laughs> speed, Dan, lots of speed, speed, okay. and also a higher receiving. How, how much did Twitter blow up the other day when he when he roasted that linebacker on the uh, touchdown, the wheel route out of the backfield? Oh my God! I said, there you go. There's there's second round Gibbs right now. Give give, give me a chain. Give me give me Cooks. I'll pass on the the bloated price on Gibbs. Who is your riser, Dan? The guy that you think is gonna like really, really fly up the boards in the you know not the Thursday night guys, but the uh, besides those guys. Yeah, oh, I, I got to pass to somebody else. I already answered okay. this one. So. Oh, I, apologies, <laughs> apologies. I got, sorry. I got, I got one for you, Theo, and I got a way to play it too. W- one of Zay Flowers or the the bait man, um, mm-hmm. and then my way to play it is then to draft the one who fell uh, a few rounds. Um, a, I think I think so, somebody in that offense is gonna pop. Um, put this in the bucket of like uh, Garrett Wilson falling what to the thirteenth round, twelfth round in our varsity last year. Dan and Theo, um, so, something's going to happen with that receiver crew. I'm buying into the Ravens' offense. I like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, uh, and I I think Odell's the odd man out. That's why I chose the other two. Um, I think you could play it either way, but I want the arbitrage if they uh, if their ADPs uh, move in different directions from each other. So right now, the top three wide receivers at ADP are Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and then Tyree Kill has jumped Cooper Cup because of you know the 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 slight injury. So let's call Tyree Kill wide receiver three, and let's call Cooper Cup wide receiver four. If it's a wide receiver that's not among those four that finishes as wide receiver one overall this season, who is it? Billy. Um, got to go with the risers. This guy I've liked for a long time, but he's getting getting expensive. Is uh, ARSB? I mean, he's. I mean, everything you see about it is positive. There's nothing negative about the guy. Um, you know, and you know before like before he was going behind Diggs and the, and behind AJ Brown, but he's climbed. I mean, I'm seeing him in the NFFC now. He's going number five overall, which is it's steep. I mean, you can't you can't go much higher. Um, but I, I, I believe that everything about him, I mean, he's going to be a target monster. They're talking about getting him more downfield throws this year. You know, he's decent in the end zone for his size. So that, that would be my guy for sure. That could finish number one. I, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I love that answer. I, I said that on a podcast, you know, maybe a couple of weeks back that I think he could be wide receiver one overall. Like he could be 125 reception guy this year. Yep. Um, you know, we've already seen him go over a hundred and he's 23 years old. Uh, Dan, who, who are you on? as a wide receiver that could absolutely blow up this year i mean i think you can you can make a case for a lot of guys but um i'll throw out a case for the guy who probably is you know people least want to make a case for that probably has one of the better chances that's Devonte adams uh, you know and, and i think it's just going to be basically sheer volume 
you know, Garoppolo, for as long as he's healthy, is probably going to be just targeting him relentlessly. Uh, you know, there's just not a whole lot else going on in that offense that I'm really excited about. So, you know, I, I think he can have a huge target share there. I love that one. And Dan, he's the kind of guy that you're getting right now in the second round, too. So if Dan is right. correct on that, that's the league winner. Even though it's a guy that's won leagues before, he's just sitting there at, like, pick 15. Um, you're not having to push him up to 10 at all this year. Uh, Andrew, who's your, your wide receiver that you're looking at? Uh, I think there are shorter odds that are probably better bets because they're shorter odds, but I like the longer odds because he's sitting in the third round. And what if the original Higgins rhymes with Higgins just catches all of Jamar Chase's touchdowns and he actually has the uh, the blow-up season with Burrow? So I like the longer odds of, uh, uh, of Higgins as a, as a long shot here. I love that. Chris? Uh, well, I, you know, my answer is the same as Billy. If it's not one of those top four guys off the board, it's going to be a Ross St. Brown. I think he's in for a huge season, but I'm going to go with uh, another second rounder, and that's Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Simply just because, A, the kid's a stud. He's got the huge QB upgrade, and Aaron Rodgers, it can't be undersold how much of a genius Aaron Rodgers is and how much he's going to help a kid like Garrett Wilson develop. You see the the clips of him talking and directing him where to go. You saw it on uh, I don't know, Hard Knocks last night. Just he could take a kid under his wing and teach him all the things that, yeah, he's a freak and he can do everything athletically, but mind-wise, where to be, what they're thinking, the same page uh, with, uh, with a quarterback. Back shoulder throws, just like he always used to have with Devontae Adams. I think Garrett Wilson could go over 1,500 yards this year. Uh, and have a monster season. And most importantly, what I think could uh, help him the most is day in and day out going up against the best corner in the NFL in Sauce Gardner. When it comes to when it comes to game day every uh, Sunday, Garrett Wilson's not going to be facing a cornerback that's as good as what he sees in practice all week long. Love that answer. The hype train was rolling after that hard knocks. I love I love seeing the yes. connection. He'll Dan, be first round real soon. He'll be, Dan, he'll, be you're, he'll be going in first. Staple. Your thoughts you know, on the Billy, you say, Billy, you're fu- Billy, it's funny you say that. And I had I'm just I'm sorry, Theo. Oh no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. There's go. Just, I feel like there's so many people that, you know, are saying this guy's gonna keep coming into the first round. I feel like we're running out of spots in the first round <laughs> no. of, of players that no. are gonna come into the first round. You hear everybody the last week, Nick Chubb's gonna come into the first round, Wilson's gonna come into the first. Who's coming out of the first round by September? That's in the first round. And, you know, does anybody I, have an opinion on that? I, I could see AJ Brown falling in the second round. I could even see, I could see him almost flipping spots with CD. I mean, we've seen Diggs. Diggs, oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, if he starts getting the hype, but again, with hard, hard knocks, gives a lot of hype. I mean, it, it's going to, sure. it's going to build him up. And all it takes for some of these guys is to get, you know, a, a big preseason game, catch a touch. All you have to do is catch a touchdown and you're an elite player. You're going up. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are. So yeah. uh, I just, I think he, I, I think he definitely could be, you know, an, a 10, 11, 12 guy before. We That's why that turn is so nice and comfortable to sit. Oh, in. it's very comfortable. And like mm-hmm. Dan, you like, got studs straight through the middle of the second round. You know, you're walking away with two studs at the turn. Yeah, like Dan was saying, you're going to get, you know, you get Devontae Adams in the – is your number two? I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I love I love some of these answers. And I think going back to what Chris said, I think that this year is a little different because I think it's slightly flat from like 8 through 15 um, where we all have our personal preferences. And I do think you'll see more and more kind of unique builds. Lou, Lou actually – Lou Weber, who's a very experienced NFFC player, very successful one – did a tweet on this about all the variants he's seen in these 350s in terms of like where guys are going at their peaks and lows. And I think it's a little bit different than in, than in some years. But yeah, these wide receivers, they're, uh, I mean, you bring up A.J. Brown, like A.J. Brown could be wide receiver one overall. This could be his year where he goes absolutely nuts on the touchdown catches. So we, we you know, you see a lot of, you know, this year's guy, um, you know, this year's Josh Jacobs or this year's Cooper Cup last year. Um, and we chase previous seasons, and it's not necessarily the best process, but we're going to do it anyway because it's a lot of fun. Dan, who is this season's potential Josh Jacobs, a running back that's getting drafted as either a back-end RB2 or a RB3 
that you could see just go nuts and, and give you like top five, six production. Yeah, there, um, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily a guy I have a ton of, but um, you, you could see Isaiah Pacheco be that guy. Um, you know, if he, if he indeed is going to be more of a receiver uh, and, and be a all-purpose three down back, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what you're looking for. But, you know, the thing is, is with, um, with Josh Jacobs, he had to get knocked down first before he could be cheap. And then, you know, he's bouncing right back up. So it's, it, you know, it's a little harder to find a player like that who's really been knocked down this year, um, you know, that I think can, can jump that high. I like the Pacheco answer because I do think he's a little bit under the radar. Um, Chris, how about you? Well, I mean, if we're talking this year's Josh Jacobs, it's somebody that nobody wants on the board in that six through eight round at running back. And I think we talked about him already. His name's J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. You know, what happens when J.K. Dobbins shows up at the uh, in the last week of August, gets a couple weeks of practice in, and, he, and he's in a Todd Monk and high-powered, fast-paced offense, and Gus Edwards actually got banged up today. Nobody cares, uh, is worried about Melvin Gordon or the corpse of Melvin Gordon. Dobbins is going to be on the field 80% of the time. You know, if he chips in anything in the, in the, in the, uh, in the pass game here, you know, J.K. Dobbins might be a 12 to 14, uh, uh, you know, touchdowns uh, game, uh, 12 to 14 touchdown scorer this year in, in that offense. So uh, I loved what I saw out of J.K. Dobbins the last six years, and I thought I'd be very high on him. The only thing holding me back is this contract situation, but at the right price right now, I'm taking him off the board every time. Damn, Billy, we got to reassess our fade. <laughs> I have yeah, me and Billy usually are thinking the same way, but me and Billy are opposite on this one. Yeah. Um, sorry, do you want me to go next? Yo, yeah. oh, go ahead, Billy. So, you know, I thought about this question. I'm thinking to myself, you're looking for a guy who's going to get 300 carries. I mean, that's what J- Jacobs got last year. And it's I don't know if that exists, like we can see it on the round. But if there's a caveat with this, if someone gets hurt week one, and we don't like to wish on injuries on anybody, A.J. Dillon could be the guy that could – because he's the type of guy who could carry the load. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. huge. A.J. Dillon could have an opportunity. I think he's getting pushed down enough where he's going in that ninth, tenth round. And, I I mean, I like him there. You can get him as your, you know, your flex or your RB3 all day long, sometimes a four. Um, You know, he doesn't have the flash of some of these other guys. But you look at that that sixth or eighth round, which Chris was talking about, a lot of these guys are just straight-up pass catchers. And they're just not going to have that volume on the ground to run, you know, as far as the rushing volume. Um, but uh, I think th- I think we're going to need an injury for somebody to have that happen. I guess is what I'm saying for to be a, to be that good of a player like Josh Jacobs was last year. I had a AJ Dillon is this year's Ramondre Stevenson, so I took they didn't go quite as bold, but that was uh that was a that was that was uh, Davis Maddock I think last week here on Player Profiler. But I love and that. I like one. Aaron Jones. I, I like Aaron Jones a lot. I just you know again it would take something severe yeah. to happen but this is that's what wins league sometimes you know he, aaron jones has Isn't been it? fortunate with with his injuries that's the one thing about he jones has, like has. the you know the last few years and he is dan 27 years old now 28 even 28 i think 28 so yeah um andrew who's your answer for this one uh i don't think this player's gonna get the 300 carries at all but i'm gonna go the uh discarded route and i'm gonna say antonio gibson uh i could see resurgence from him I think he was playing with parking lot attendant last year this time in the preseason and at a, at a minimum he's not parking lot attendant so uh i could see him popping i mean I think we saw in and obviously in college his receiving chops so maybe he gets there from the perspective of a receiving plus the enemy adds a jolt in the offense dan anybody else to uh to add about antonio gibson oh um gibson no not really i mean i think andrew's pretty much right if uh you know if something happens to brian robinson either injured or uh, ineffective or whatever um gibson's got a pretty straight shot there and he, he and he does have the skill set to do it i i like i like a lot of these answers for me i i liked rashad white in the chat and then cam Akers is a guy that i think is going to return big value kind of where he's being drafted and you know he much like miles sanders and josh jacobs uh, those guys were were about the same age as you know we're looking at with Acres this year in terms of the experience in the league, and I think like, just look at who the guys behind them on the Rams, where his competition is so little. 
Uh, and the plus the way that Akers finished up last season, I'm, I'm in on him. I want to start with Dan on this one. Uh, last year, we had tight end production in a big way from two veterans. Evan Ingram, who everybody talks about because he finished the season um, in such an impactful way. And then we also had Tyler Higby, who had the random 100 target uh, season. Um, you know, he was definitely the beneficiary of Cooper Cup missing. But at the end of the day, he still gave you those, you know, top six-ish numbers uh, at the tight end position. Who's a tight end to, Dan, that you could see kind of, you know, really returning value where he's being drafted? Yeah, so I think um, there there's answers even further down the board than that. But, um, you know, what, what I like a lot is um, Dalton Schultz has a big path to targets uh, down in Houston. Uh, you know, their, their wide receiver room just really is very unproven or proven not great. So uh, I, I think Schultz is going to be one of those guys. Higby I still like this year just because of the fact that if, if Cooper Cup has any more injury problems, Higby's probably getting a massive load of targets. Uh, and I'll, I'll also throw out there Sam Laporta, who's kind of also in that same range. So uh, he, he appears to be the guy who's number one with a bullet in uh, the Detroit offense at tight end. He's got nobody to compete with, really. Uh, yeah, and I'll say that I, I love Dalton Kincaid, but he's kind of going to keep moving up. He'll be an August riser. I think Gerald Everett, though, is kind of under the radar right now, and we're all talking about how much we like Justin Herbert. Everett's like a cheap David Njoku, so you're getting like a like an arbitrage David Njoku play, and uh, we saw how successful Dalton Schultz was in, in Kellen Moore's uh, offense. Uh, Gerald Everett had a nice season last year, year two for him in Los Angeles. I could see him having just like a – like that random big tight end season. Uh, Chris, give us a tight end you're on right now. Uh, you know what? I really like that tight end two uh, range. And we mentioned a couple of them. Kincaid, I've been drafting a ton of, along with Laporta. I'm not scared of these rookie tight ends their first year. I know like most of us, we want to fade rookie tight ends, but I'm I'm in on both of those guys. Um, I, I, love, uh, I love Higby. I love that call just because of that defense is so bad. They're going to be playing catch up in all their games. Um, and, and he's got a clear path to being the second target in that offense. So it could be him. But, uh, you know, let me throw out one name we didn't mention, and that's Cole Komet. Um, you know, for them to give him $50 million, I think they want him to be the second target in this offense. You know, I, I, I worry about if Fields can evolve into, uh, you know, the passing uh, passer that we hope he can be. And also um, – you know, the amount of time the Bears are going to throw. But if that takes an uptick this year, uh, Cole Komet could be the uh, beneficiary of it. And he's going off the board at like 10, eight, tight end 15, 16. He's free, basically. So he's on a lot of my teams right now. Billy, how about you? Um, Higby, Komet, Komet are the two that I came to mind with. But uh, I'll give you two deeper. One's Mike Gusecki. Um, just for the simple reason that, you know, again, I think we all like to look for a guy who's going to be the number two option in the offense, has the potential to score some touchdowns. Not much going on up there in New England. And the real deep, deep one, and I don't take him often in redraft at all, but I occasionally will. I think I did in the uh, beat Allen Sislowski draft because my tight ends were so, so bad, is Hayden Hurst. Because, again, you don't have – you have a bunch of receivers there. We don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I like DJ yeah. Chark, but we don't know. Is Mingo going to be good? Is, you know, is Thielen – is he over? I mean, so I, I don't – I think Hayden, Hayden Hurst could be a guy you could pick up on a bye week or if you have an injury, who could help you out in the pitch. Billy, real quick, that – you know, you say Hayden Hurst and another tight end that fits the same mold. He never gets drafted, and he's in a pretty good offense. You could see us looking up in October and going, hey, you know what? He's big time off the waiver wire. About Herb Smith in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, Herb Smith's just, I mean. Oh, Dan, I yeah, I know you're scarred from your Minnesota days uh, <laughs> for sure, Dan. I know that's why you're shaking your head. I'm just saying, you know, Hayden Hurst bounced out of town. and, and Yeah, Hay Hayden Hurst is twice the tight end that Herb Smith is. So, mm -hmm. uh, Well, this is like, I don't, I don't, I don't draft it. So I, I pretty much ignored the Friar move in Joku zone. And I go mm -hmm. deeper. And if I don't get Kincaid or Laporta or Komet or Higby, that's where I just I just say, okay, screw it. I'm just going deep. Yeah. And I get a Gasecki, I'll get a Hayden Hurst and stuff, and I'll piece it together. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the way to go. You want to, you know, if, if you can't get in early on tight end, then you're better off just waiting until late. Uh, and, and when I say late, I mean, you know, you, you've got to be ninth, tenth round or later uh, to be starting to think about drafting tight end if you whiff on the first couple guys. Um, Jake Ferguson is the guy I'd throw in there instead of Irv Smith, though. It's just being somebody who's probably a better football player. I mean, Irv Smith is basically fast. He can run in a straight line and fall down, but he's not really good in the end zone. He has a hard time staying healthy. Uh, you know, I, I would just rather take my chances with Jake Ferguson a couple rounds later, same bye week, everything. It's just, you know, he's even got a good quarterback. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I am totally scared by Irv Smith, though. Never <laughs> I can again. tell. We need to get we need to get Dan some therapy for yeah he needs uh, some therapy uh, for his herbs. It's, it's terrible because I I took way too much of him in Dynasty, which did not help the situation when he turned out to just be junk. Minnesota Vikings fans, I've gotten to know a few of them over the years, and and Dan definitely our friend Austin Martin. They all have like kind of this kind of depressed self deprecation, like from thinking they're going to lose the big game and stuff like that, and. They definitely get spurned, and, and I know Dan's he's done he's done with her, so uh, for sure, for sure. But he's in on Jordan Addison, so there there is hope on on the horizon for for future uh, Minnesota guys crushing. Andrew, how about you? Give us a tight end that you look at as a big value. You, you sicko somehow named all tight ends from thirteen to thirty six, except for <laughs> one name. So I'm going to be forced to say it, much to nineteen uh, twelve's uh, delight. But I guess Hunter Henry is the only name left for me yeah. to say now, since you guys grabbed every other twenty four names. Uh, no, I, I actually like uh, it's it, it's sicko just like the just like Hunter Henry uh, Tyler Conklin uh, with uh, with maybe an Aaron Rodgers connection uh, if he somehow lasts the preseason with cement in his uh, in his cleats. Former player profiler uh, analyst Josh Larkey, that's his like sleeper tight end to finish very high this year. So you're 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 right there. That's you you and Josh against the world. Does, does he does he also Conklin. make cement in the cleats jokes? I don't know. We'll have to we'll yeah, have to check that. Yeah. So guys, we're, we're, we're nearing an hour, but I think this is an important one. We saw last year how impactful it was for these second-year wide receivers. You see, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddell, those guys all beat their ADP and, and kind of smashed it. But Devonta Smith really, really smashed it. It was like wide receiver 39, uh, finishes, you know, as, a, as an easy wide receiver one. Let's take Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson out of the equation because those guys have already gotten steamed up. Which second-year wide receiver that is not Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave scores the most fantasy points this season? Start with Billy. Um, and I have these guys close, but I'm going to say Christian Watson. I mean, I think just the offense he's in a little bit more. I mean, I, I know the another guy, the other guy that I'm thinking about is going to be mentioned here in a moment, probably by someone else, and you could easily see him as well. Um, can I name a dark horse? Yes, Sky Moore. Ooh. Wow. Sky the Moore's moves. the dark horse, but in my opinion, but I don't know if he can. He would need something probably to happen to Kelsey to get there. But Christian Watson's the guy who I know people are on him right now. Um, but I think he's the, the the guy that I would go with as far as because I just think that I think Jordan Love's going to lock into him uh, this year and just they they could have something pretty special. It's it's Watson for me as well. Um, I think like I think he could go absolutely nuclear this year. Uh, I took Jerry Judy over him this week in a main, but it's usually been Watson head-to-head uh, just because of the upside. But I, I think Judy versus him is a big decision because I think they both could have big seasons, but one of them could go absolutely nuts um, in that range they're being drafted at. But it's Watson for me as well. I love your Sky Moore. Uh, that answer, Billy, that was awesome. Uh, Andrew Schellenberg, who is your second-year wide receiver, non-Wilson Alave? Yeah, similar to the uh, lo- longer bets, bigger payoff, if this was truly uh, uh, an odds bet. But I would go Burks here. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think Burks will finish over Watson. I think Watson feels obvious, especially when you take the Alaves off the board. Uh, but if I had to choose between the Dotson, Burks, and Pickens tier, um, I think you get Burks later, and then that'd be where I'd be go with the uh, with the odds for this pick. Dan. Yeah, Burks would have been my slam dunk pick before the, the Nook signing. But um, even after that, I mean, I still think that there's a decent chance that Nook could just give him cover and Traylon Burks could still explode. So uh, I don't mind make, making that Burks bet with Andrew at all. I want to draft think, a lot of these guys. I think Traylon Burks is getting so disrespected on the draft board. Um, I was in a live stream draft a couple nights ago. I got Traylon Burks 97th overall. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. and uh, I, I had to look Congrats. twice. Yeah, I had to look twice. That that had to be the latest in online championship season. But, um, you know, I didn't think he should fall that far down the board even when Hopkins signed. I thought it was a positive for him. So I'm probably going to wind up owning a lot of Traylon Burks. And uh, I'll go a little different. I did love Billy's uh, Sky Moore under the radar um, answer. That would have been mine as well. But, I, you know, people are frowning on this guy. But I still think Drake London's going to get – double-digit yeah. touchdowns this year in Atlanta. I, I think the kid's a stud. The way he can elevate on jump balls, you're going to see a lot of times, if it's not Bijan running it, running it in inside the five, uh, there's going to be a lot of jump balls to Drake London in, in the end zone. So uh, I'll say Drake London. Everybody who's watching the stream, please smash the like button. This, is, this has been just tremendous. Uh, Dan, why don't you let everybody know uh, who's coming on tomorrow night and where they can find that show. Yeah, so tomorrow night, uh, make sure you get on the Goat District feed. Uh, we'll be dropping some tweets on that uh, right, right away in the morning. But uh, we're going to have Nelson Sousa on uh, the franchise, as he is known, and uh, an absolutely fantastic uh, player and analyst. So, uh, you know, when you're, when you're talking about greats in the NFFC, you got the two guys sitting right here tonight, and then you got uh, Nelson tomorrow night. So... Yeah, uh, that's a that, that that's a pretty good one-two punch. So make sure you go over to the Goat District channel, check it out over there. We'll be going tomorrow night at nine o'clock Eastern. And make, make sure, sure Dan, make sure you get Theo and and Nelson's uh, New York Super draft plan out of Nelson I, tomorrow night if you can for me and Billy. All right, I, I, write it down on a piece of paper. I will do and, that. Yes. And I'd like to say real quick that um, nobody needs to draft any more online championships after what Chris did the other night from the twelve. Um, he, he mentioned he got Traylon Burks, but he didn't mention he got Joe Burrow at four twelve and Christian Watson at five one. So I mean, you might as well just 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 get as, the as money. Theo would say, running pure. Okay. Christian Christian Watson at the five one. I mean, the the ghost guys must have been asleep at the wheel uh, for NFFC. That's that's I'm a, sitting that's... there watching it going, you got to be kidding me. Hat tip. The tourists showed up for that one, and they and they let Chris have a lot of fun. I, I imagine. Uh, Andrew, welcome. Andrew, welcome. welcome. Let everybody know where they can find you, Andrew. Uh, on X slash Twitter, A.M. Schellenberg. Maybe I got one more article on me, uh, but mainly I'm just on the the message board seeing when Florida State heads to the uh, Big Ten for lots more money. Uh, either that or when uh, Florida State gets all the PIF uh, Saudi investment fund money uh, to be able to buy their their way out of the ACC. So uh, that that's, that's where you can find me, trolling those message boards. I love it. I love it. Um, Billy, definitely check out Billy Wazowski's article that you dropped on our expert series. We'll, we'll retweet it sometime soon, but it was really, really just great about such a successful player like yourself. I mean, I, I really truly believe you're one of the best drafters in the country, Billy. Um, and that was really an honor uh, to have you write that for us for Player Profiler. Let everybody know where they can find you. And Billy, you also wrote for the Black Book uh, this year again, correct? I did. So I a, a, let everybody know where they can find that as well. Um, so I'm, I'm at BillyWaz88. I probably don't post as much as you guys do. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm out there doing that. And uh, I did write for the Black Book. Um, if you're interested in picking that up, um, all goes to a good cause and everything. So, yeah. Billy's not a bad auction auction player either. He'll be going head to head against Chris and Dan. I will be a neutral observer at those drafts, guys. Uh, Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, Twitter, Chris Vaccaro, GST. And uh, I'm back again this year, my fourth season uh, with The Athletic. I'll be getting that going in the next couple weeks, writing articles on a weekly basis straight through uh, football season. So check me out at The Athletic. No, for sure. And uh, definitely if you enjoyed uh, this, I had a B-Bag Batoba on press coverage. We covered a lot of the high-stakes strategy um, and this this sort of uh, this sort of show um, and yeah, definitely tune in Goat District for, for Nelson Sousa on the Goat District YouTube channel. Uh, and then I'm going to be on Friday for a press coverage um, with Scott Barrett of Fantasy Points, who's super sharp and, and a really, really good follow. Make sure you smash the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the Goat District podcast because Dan is also dropping a number of podcasts that can really help you in the dynasty side. Um, those are great. And then for all of our all of our viewers watching here on Roto, Roto Underworld Player Profiler YouTube, we're going to have Scott Bollinger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone uh, of the Undroppables uh, and the Undrafted uh, coming in the GOAT district. Like Chris and Billy, he's been in the district many times. Every time he comes uh, on the show, he brings the absolute heat with his takes. He's super sharp 
and we're going to get back to a little bit of dynasty conversation. I know Billy wants to outlaw dynasty conversations in August, but we'll do a little <laughs> bit of dynasty and a little bit of redraft. <laughs> I want to uh, outlaw them by like June. But, there you go. There you go. I'm with Billy on this one. I'm well, we'll, we'll do we'll do some we'll do we'll get uh, Scott's uh, Scott's redraft takes as well, guys. That'll be a, a lot of fun. Uh, but thanks for thanks for tuning in. Definitely smash the like button. Stick with the district all summer. We're gonna help you win some money. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.